Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Redmond. And ho-ho! We're closing in on the end of Criminal Minds Korea, which I think it's fair to say has had a weaker back half than it did start. <laughs> like the yes, nicest well, thing we can say. Well, all I can say, right? Yeah, the, they've had a, a weaker back half. <laughs> but I really wonder if we understood more about sort of... um. Korean cinema and structures and the rest of it and, and the like, internal politics of that. So maybe that maybe the thing you were talking about last week yeah. where a producer left the show at some point during the because run because he was pissed off. And like maybe that's responsible for the weird downturn the show has taken in the back half. Yeah, and what is really interesting is like I I've, I've been thinking about it, right? Yeah. And and I'm going, so did did somebody say that they had to be closer to the originals. Well, based on could... one of the episodes we're about to talk about, it's weird because this this week we're going to talk about two episodes, and one of them is it's the exact same episode in every respect. There is almost there's one change in the entire yeah. episode, one change, and it's a weird change that we're going to talk about. And the other one is weirdly as far as you can get from the original, while well, still being a remake. Well, I was going to say, it's really hard to figure out that it's a remake. <laughs> I didn't. I mean, literally, I think the last a 20 minutes. Things. No, the last yeah. 20 minutes, it becomes clear what episode it's a remake of. But yeah. it's not until the last 20 minutes that you figure out which episode it's a remake of. But it's really, it's. I'm, I'm going, so have they put a bunch of different things together? Like, because there's. You know, we'll, we'll talk um, about it when we get there. We'll, but we'll, we'll talk when we about there. it when we get there. But it is interesting, and I've learned some more Korean history simply because of something that came up in one of the episodes. Nice. You know, can't wait so, to hear about that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But yes, let's get right to it. Uh, the first episode starts, of course, in fifteen, and it is just beat for beat. See, we were hoping when we saw Nana's birthday party that we were going to get yeah. a Penelope episode. We didn't. That was just one of their interludes. I'm yes. very sad It was about a cute it. interlude. Very cute interlude. But what we got was... What instead we folks. got was... Uh, yeah, we got A Real Rain. The the one about the vigilante um, stenographer. Yeah, in the, the courtroom. Yeah, the courtroom stenographer who's the turned court, vigilante. Yeah. I think that was A Real Rain. I'd have to check for sure. Um, but yeah, it's... Probably yeah, so a hard rain. A hard rain. Well, no, because I think a real rain would be a um, uh, would be a reference to Taxi Driver. Okay, and, you know, real taxi rain. Driver, hard rain. No, or, uh, yeah, ref a reference to Bob Dylan. Fall. So yeah, exactly. Um, no, a hard rain's gonna fall. No, but I'm saying in Taxi Driver. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about Taxi Driver, not about Bob Dylan. Yeah. Uh, but the point is, uh, there's. The thing that I found interesting is, like, it is, it's the exact same episode. He's stabbing people in the ear with stone knives. Like, every single part of it is beat for beat exactly what we saw. His backstory, why he's killing, why he's gone, you know, uh, like, the thing that drove him to start killing. Everything about his M.O., what he does, beat for beat the plot of the episode. Like, it's, we've already reviewed this episode. Well, that's, that's, that's why... Well, that's that's what, what I'm saying is, in some ways, that's why, like, it's getting a little bit shorter. We don't have as much to talk about. Since they're just suddenly doing you it know. so close, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it 
meant that I went and I looked up the uh, United Silla dynasty. And what, <laughs> and what did you find out of the United Silla dynasty? Well, that's because because they talk about, you know, he he used he on the dagger he had this demon yeah spirit. Yeah, and spirit I, I knew I knew nothing about safer. the significance of that. Yeah, no. So and um, so. And he was talking about the upper Scylla and I'm going, what the hell's the upper Scylla? You yeah. know? I'm going, I haven't got a clue here. <laughs> so I went to my world um, encyclopedia, uh, the, the uh, one I use for. Yeah, world um, encyclopedia for religions you use for your various classes. Well, actually it's, it's where it is, is the, not the Britannica, but the, um, it's, what it is is the world history encyclopedia which is really a good place to go if you ever want to know anything i mean it started off i think initially with a lot of it was like our ancient stuff ancient greece ancient right you know there is an ancient um an ancient site and this is very similar and uh, so i went to there you know that's where i went to figure out right yeah what the upper Scylla was, which is the United Scylla. I keep calling it upper Scylla. What it's, what the interesting thing that I saw there is that they keep talking about joining Korea and North and South Korea. Yeah. You know, somehow or another as if they're all one group of Koreans. Right. Well, the upper Scylla, which they talk about is basically South Korea. Oh, okay. And the other the the other part of korea is separate from it under a different dynasty okay and they're both very close to china well, which natural. is why right but in terms of interaction throughout uh, the han and the tang and there's one in between there dynasties of china ancient china right right so yeah so i went and i looked all of that up and it turns out of course they'd had um They'd had, um, yeah, um, they'd had three kingdoms, okay. And so then one particular group united them all, and that became Korea. And that became, well, no, that became the upper silk, that became, ah, that became united South, what Sela. now, we, yeah. And now, what, we what think is of the South, Korea? South Korea, right? Gotcha. So it's not like. South and North Korea were joined for any great length of time in the past, at any rate. Fascinating. Um, yeah, it is. And um, so I All think of my knowledge of Korea is much, much more recent, no, is much more recent history. Yeah. Well, and as I said, I've had almost Political none. history post the war. Yeah. So, and I mean, it, it talks about the importing of Confucianism and Buddhism, right? And- um, they were Buddhists and Confucianists, yeah. you know, and it's, um, it's really, really interesting, the, this kind of amalgamation. And of course they've had, but they didn't have a lot of war hmm. after, after they were united for a long, long time because they, they moved the aristocracies around. Like when you read it, you're just going, oh yes, oh yeah, I recognize all of these structures. It's what they all tried in the, in the, in the West as well. 
like right. in all of the ancient Mediterranean, you can you recognize the structures. But apparently what they did was they kept this hereditary business. And they had they apparently used a Chinese bureaucracy bureaucratic model, but did not didn't create any kind of a meritocracy. And that's oh. eventually what kills them. Yeah. I mean, which breaks it up, right? And then you end up with you know, a rebellion by a Buddhist monk. And then you end up with another rebellion <laughs> by a peasant leader. And it was you fascinating know, because that's yeah. the thing. Like once you, uh, once you stop giving jobs based on who can do a job and instead based on uh, whose father somebody is, your, your society breaks down real, well, not super quickly. No, but I'll but, say this, yeah. that you want to know why the Catholic church has survived as long as it has, because Quite simply, they don't just let the Pope's son be the next Pope. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a group of 12 guys who get together and say, okay, well, who's well, going to make sure we... Now. Well, yeah, more than that now. But it used to be, you get a group of 12 guys together and they're like, okay, well, which of us is going to be able to lead this organization forward for the next 30 years? When that guy dies, okay, which of us is going to be able to lead the thing forward for the next 30 years? That's how it survived as long as it had. If like, and I mean, in that time, they've had crazy, crazy, murderous, rapist popes. They've had yeah. insane monsters. But when they got rid of that pope, a bunch of them got murdered for, as a result. They had a, you know, they got together conclave. Okay, well, who should be the next pope so we can maybe stabilize this thing? Well, yeah, it actually, and that is it. It, it goes up and down. It, it goes up and down. It you and you have within if you do the history of the Catholic Church, right? Yeah. You have these reform movements within the Church itself, and so they get these new popes, and then some of these popes are, though, are 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 fanatics. You had Urban, right, who who gave us the Crusades, and <sighs> you know, against Saladin, oh, um, you know, and. Um, it it is it's it's an interesting i mean it it is interesting to watch these things but what they say yeah it became a very very rigid you could not move out of your um status and no. that was one why rome lasted as long as it did yep <laughs> you know because it did to a large extent Allow for the adapt yeah. Once the, the once the kings came mobility. back, yeah, it yeah it allowed for the possibility of social mobility. But as you say, once they got Caesars again, everything fell apart. Well, not not right away though, because no. even citizenship, like if you were a slave, and this is, I think, I since I don't know all the other early countries, but this is probably one of the only places where if you were a slave, and you were manumitted you became a Roman citizen with limited um, yes. rights and that, but your children yeah. were full Roman citizens. Mm -hmm. And this is something that was, you know, and there were all sorts of ways that you could get out of slavery. Yeah. You know, and that, and, is, and that is why slavery has a very different context in Roman society than it does to like, than it does in, earlier and American. later societies but especially american generational slavery mm -hmm. yeah where people were just slaves slaves were a separate class of humans you know they didn't even think of them as, yeah you know, yeah yeah that's human. yes that's another conversation for another yeah time. no but that's 
Yeah, not not for this one. But it, the Korean stuff was really interesting, as I said, when I, I keep going through all of this, the early Korean dynasties and the rest of it. But already it looks as if um, their capital, it looks as if it had almost a million people in it. Wow. During okay, this period. Yeah, between the 7th century and the 13th. Well, no, under the uh, United Silla, yeah, Gyeongju, whatever you call it, because I can never, right? Yeah, that's, that is huge. That is Iroquois Confederation numbers. Like, that is incredible. <laughs> it was huge. And they had, and they had these massive palaces and they, they had 35 palaces apparently <laughs> in this town and they had, they created lakes wow. and they create, you know, they had, you know, not just natural flowing, but they actually yeah, created built their own water. And, yeah, their whole water system. Yeah, it, it's it's a fascinating, fascinating. And they also believed in a bunch of demons that got carved into the heads of flint daggers in an episode of Criminal Minds. Oh, Criminal to, Minds. To yeah, circle back around to what we're here to talk they about. They used to put. Well, they were they were supposed to protect your protect to some extent, a lot of these things, they would, they would put them in the, on the tiles, on the roofs of their houses. Fascinating. And things like that. Anyway, so let's get back to this episode. There isn't much to talk about this well, and episode. Yeah, because again, we've literally already reviewed this episode because it's the exact same mm -hmm. story. His, the only thing that makes it better than the original. And I think there is a part of it that is better than the original yeah. is and this is true of every episode of Criminal Minds Korea that has been better, is we spend more time with the time. victim. Sorry, the victim. The villain getting to understand him. And that scene where he, like, petitioned to see the guy who killed his parents, right? Yeah. And oh. he was desperate to see the guy. And it's like, and the guy's like, I found Jesus. You know, it's like, I can't ask you forgiveness. Only God can forgive me. It's not going to be good if I see you again. And he refuses to see him ever. And then that guy goes and becomes a Christian miss missionary. The yeah. guy who oh, killed oh. his parents goes and becomes a Christian miss missionary. Yeah, if only they'd told him, told us, if only they'd told us whether he was Catholic or not. <laughs> I know, right? I don't, I don't know. know I mean, we have to study how big uh, Catholicism is in Well, Korea there are like because we get... Because remember, it's in a Catholic church. Oh yeah, that 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 he goes to to kill the priest. Oh yeah, and it might be the same church that the guy joined. We don't know. It might be a coincidence. That would be a nice uh, link up, but we we don't actually know. Yeah, they, they don't. But they, they stay away from. Essentially, they stay away from religious discussion. Period. They, yeah, it's not doesn't come up a lot in this show. You're right about no, that. No, no, no. They, they don't. They they don't make the mistake. Of getting it wrong. Yeah. But it's a powerful... <laughs> so we don't get it yeah. at all. Yeah, like, we don't get it at all because yeah. they're not going to risk it. But we get it's it like legitimately <laughs> very... Oh, yeah. Just non-existent in the world of the show. Uh, and, but we get this really powerful scene where yeah. first he goes to visit him and then he goes to kill him on the day he's released. But the guy is picked up by his family and he can't, like, mm -hmm. attack this guy in front of his family. And he's... And suddenly he sees that, you know, this monster is just another guy with a family the way he was. And he's just, it completely breaks him. Yeah. And he realizes there can be, there's no justice in the world unless he starts to make it for himself. Yeah. And so then he starts looking for people to get even with. Well, because his job. His oh, yeah. And right? because his job is hearing all of the details of these crimes. Yeah. 
And specifically, like, I like the note. And this was in the original, but I really like the note, and they do it well here, that essentially, right, um, the stenographer hears every bit of conversation. So these people are getting off on technicalities, right? And they're getting off, you know, because a witness can't hold off or somebody was bribed. And so he's sitting there and he hears all of the evidence and he knows that the evidence is 100% certain that these people did it, but some technicality let them get away with it. And in one case, it's horrifying because it's a child molesting priest who, you know, the, the child got bullied into not testifying. Well, it wasn't just that. Yes. All the people in his parish, of course, came together that he was such a wonderful man. And then like, the character and of course the child got blamed as always happens you know so as a result you end up with a situation where he knows this guy did it and he knows there's nothing the law can do so you totally understand how he gets there and i really like that and they they dig into that more than they did in the original which i really liked now can you guess what i liked a lot less than the original no Really, you can't. Okay, so in the original, at the end of the thing, um, it's it's uh, I'm trying to remember. It's it's is it Doc? Oh no, it's Neelix from uh, Voyager, right? As the as the killer. Yeah, Neelix. Yeah, it's Neelix from Voyager. So he uh, so Neelix goes to get a guy who murdered his own family, and of course, this is especially triggering. A guy who killed his parents this is especially triggering for him. Because yeah. that's what ha- he lost his parents. That's what started this whole thing. So obviously, yeah. this guy is the epitome of villainy in his mind, and this is the guy okay. who he's going to end with. I think I know where you're going, but go now. Okay. Yeah. But in the original, bothered me too. <laughs> the guy is like, uh, you know, I, you know, it's like my parents brutally abused me my entire life, and killing them was the only way to get free. Yeah. And. And we honestly, at the end of the episode, don't know whether he's lying or not, but it puts enough doubt into the killer's head. Yeah, yeah, I I dislike that. Keep going. And then... I dislike he, he, that as he, well. He's full of doubt. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's like, I gotta go through it as he pulls the gun and he gets shot, right? Yeah. But in this one, they full-on say that the guy was not brutalized by his parents. Like, he apparently... In the court transcript, it said that it was more likely that he was not brutalized by his parents, but that he had a psychotic break due to the using the drugs he was also dealing, because also he's a drug dealer. So they make it 100% clear that the last guy is a terrible person. And then, it, and he's got a pregnant wife, making it all the more bleak. He's a bad person. He's got a terrible wife. And then you get this moment after the, the vigilante is shot where he's walking away and they smiling. have the actor as uh, they're like, why don't you have a crazy smile now? Cause you got away with it. And then immediately after him doing a crazy smile, cause he got away with it. A copycat of the guy stabs him to death. Yep. What the hell? Criminal minds, Korea. Yes. I, okay. I should have said, yes, I do know what you're you talking did about. All right, good. Because that bothers me because what I was going to bring up was it was that I wasn't as totally sure that he smiled because when I was watching it, it was, it was really fuzzy. It was. 
Oh, but and, I rewound it and watched and, it. Yeah. Just to be sure that I wasn't going crazy. I didn't have time to rewind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. We normally watch these, you know, like a day before or sometimes the morning of the podcast. These are both a very long episode, like very long stories. Both of them take more than an episode to do. So, yep. yeah, we were here much longer, watching much longer. And it than took me much. Did. And I made the mistake of leaving it till this last morning. Minute. Yeah. The last but, minute to watch it. But. Yeah, but so yeah, no. Um, that bothered did, me no end. Okay, good. I got, I'm glad we're on the same. Why? Page. Why are you doing this? Why are you taking the subtlety out of the episode? Why are you like, especially when the show has been so open about understanding that there are brutal families out there, that families can turn people into monsters that wind up destroying the family, excuse me, that they were part of. Like that's that's a thing that the show has acknowledged and says is a problem. And yet suddenly, like, no, he's just a bad guy. Like, no, there's no depth. There's no doubt. There's no, you know, extra level to it. Which, which criminal minds America did better. I know. And that's the crazy part. Criminal minds America is not generally known for its subtlety or its ability to make you think about stuff after the episode is done. Yeah. Like they generally don't leave you being like, who was right in this situation? In fact, I would say they almost never leave you thinking who was right in this situation. Well, but this not time, only, yeah. But this is like the rare episode that actually had that level of depth and complexity to it. And they stripped it out. Yeah. It was really weird. Yeah. I, I don't understand why they did that. Okay. I, I just, it's so baffling to me. And then the fact that they make it so he's a villain, but then they have him immediately get stabbed. Like, what are you doing, Criminal Minds Korea? Korea. Yeah, it, yeah. Makes, it and, made no sense to me. And this is probably the first time we've ever uttered those words. <laughs> no, it is. Like, what are you doing, Criminal Minds Korea? How can you do this? We we think so much more of you, you know? Yes. We want you to do well, and you have been doing well. Like, so many of your episodes were improvements, but now, like... All of a sudden, twice in a row in a couple of episodes, we get a thing that is like worse than the original. Yeah, and I so did. Did the original licensing agreement say they couldn't do what they did? (laughs) All of a sudden, it It came back to haunt them. Well, it would be hilarious if they got through halfway through the episodes and CBS was watching. They're like, "Oh no, this is too good. You have to make it worse than the original show." Or no, you you're you're straying too far from, from the, the meaning of the original, the source material. You can't yeah. do this. I mean, yeah, uh, it's not completely impossible, but at the same time, that it's ain't CBS. Like, it's, it's CBS, right? <laughs> well, you never know. Though. No, I don't. I don't. I'm not. You know I'm not what they would take inside information here. What's in the contracts and what they would consider to be, you know, not something that it's cool for a show to do. But at the well, same given time, given given the. You know, given that it was so good. It was so good for those first 10 episodes. Yeah, and then it's been uh, on and off problematic. Yeah, ever <laughs> since, you know. Ever and since, I mean, yeah. And, like, you look at the the Vanderbeek big game and whatever the second half of big game was called in the original. They Without, like, having it be Reed who was caught and without it touching into... Right. Um, uh, touching into his childhood, like the childhood yeah. abuse and have it mirroring what Vanderbeek was going through. So it's a less 
affecting episode. It's a less impactful episode, but it also had a better ending, right? It also had a better ending and there was, and at the same time, and then you have riding the lightning, which actually manages to improve on the original. Yep. You know, it's like, so they were still able to pull it off. Right. But at the same time, you're getting episodes like this where they, you feel like they're just missing the point. Well, we had two, two last, our last two episodes were really bad. Yeah, they were. And now, and, you know, and now this one is joining them. It is. It's just so a bad... because before the last two, yeah, yeah it was. Th- there might be a few little things, but there was no great discontinuity. No, or with what they had done previously. So something happened. I don't know what. But... It's it's weird, and as you as you point out, like it's weird. Just what a drop it is in quality. Yeah, like it's precipitous. Yeah. And it's kind of strange to me how, as like, I said, who knows like, what who this guy is that quit? <laughs> yeah, like what the hell happened behind the scenes? So yeah, I mean, and the thing is, it's like it's not that this episode is terrible. It's it's for ninety nine percent of the running time, it is exactly as good as the original, and actually better at a couple of points. But then yeah. they completely botch the ending to the point where it makes it worse than the original overall. Like the well, ending, let and me, that is let how me profoundly they way. botch the ending. Please. Okay, but here's here's the issue, right? Yeah. That's just what cl- criminal minds does all the time. Yeah, I know. Screws everything up at the ending. They'll come up with a <laughs> they decent don't know how to stick idea, the landing. Yeah. and they don't know how to stick the landing. And I'm going, okay, this is why, you know, if someone were to tell me that they sent over somebody from CBS to monitor what they were doing, <laughs> um, that wouldn't surprise me in the least. Because no. that's how bad these episodes have gotten. All right, but I will say... That the next episode we're about to discuss is better it's than the original yes. because well, the original um, is what, what we have. I have often referred to as the worst episode of Criminal Minds. Okay. I mean, okay, Limelight. It's tied with Limelight as the worst episode of Criminal Minds. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, okay. I'll never stop hating Limelight. So let's just. And the thing is, and this is the discussion I think we're going to have now, which is. For, what, 80% of these two episodes, it is impossible to tell... Well, I say two episodes, uh, 14 and 15. Uh, for 80% of this story, you have no idea which episode they're remaking, right? You mean in this episode? Yeah, this episode. This oh, yeah. The second one we're talking no, about. No, look, I'm, I'm sitting... I was sitting there going, so what are they remaking? Are they mashing together two different episodes? Yeah, like it really none of was this seems hard. familiar to me. Yeah, I'm watching and it's okay. So it starts with this guy walking uh, in a subway tunnel and a homeless guy is like, hey, like he recognizes him. Then he looks at the guy. We don't see his face. And says. And says, oh, no, wait, no, sorry. I thought you were somebody else. Yeah, and then the my guy bad. keeps walking. My bad. It's, and then we see this guy yeah. um, getting a woman into a housing uh, housing development. Uh-huh. Right? He goes into uh, this, takes a woman into a housing development. It's like a model home. And he drugs her and then he murders her. And it's like getting a a sex worker to an apartment and drugging them and murdering them. Is this, are they doing the Black Queen? Was my first thought. Okay, that was my, okay. Okay, good. I'm glad we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah. Are they adapting the Black Queen? The Black Queen? And, but they're not at all. And so we just, (laughs) no, no, don't say it yet. Don't say it yet. We'll get through the whole thing. Because it turns out the clue was in the very first scene with that yes. homeless guy. 
<laughs> which episode they were doing. So they continue. They chase the guy. Uh, like they, they look at who was involved. They get into this whole elaborate storyline about, okay, well, what is a model home? Like it is the perfect example of family. And they're like, okay, well, who has access to the model homes? And the weird part is we keep seeing the killer. They're not coy about who the, what the killer looks like. Yeah. We saw him when he murdered the woman. We saw him murder another woman. Like we see him in a flashback when he tries to lure a woman into the one of the buildings. And then the woman, he finds out that the woman has a son that she begs, you know, that there's no one for like, the there'll be no one left to care for her son if anything happens to her and, she, and he lets her run away when she says that well yeah and the son phones her oh yeah and you're right he wouldn't have done it unless because it could have been a lie but the son, phone like coincidentally in that moment you know the son actually phones her and like the guy faced with that can't do it and lets her go yeah right and so it's it's interesting and we get we dig into this idea and then they put out the profile of this guy who is working who, you know, works in um, construction and has access to these places. And they think he's homeless now. And so he's just squatting in these places and killing. And then a guy turns up and he's like, I think the killer's my brother. Yeah. And Kablamo, we find out what episode they're remaking because it's his, his brother is his identical twin. This whole time, they've been remaking the inspiration and the inspired. Well, yeah. And we didn't realize it. Well, no. Well, well, it's not just that. Because at one point. So completely different. What was the other one? It wasn't just Black Queen. There was another one I thought. I thought, well, are they remaking the one with the mother who had given her kids, her son, um, you know, drugs? ecstasy remember oh that one yeah yeah because yeah, i wonder if to that okay. one because he keeps ki- yeah. killing people in the construction sites but and yeah the s- construction sites and the drugs yeah but at the same time that one's not as this i mean yeah the drugs no, no. like there's elements of that one but the most direct the most directly they are doing the inspiration yeah the no no i agree with you like i agree with you when you get to the fact but they're not but they're not identical twins because when they are talking, yeah, okay, when the when he's explaining, they grow yeah. up. His brother is younger than him. You're right. They're not identical twins. They are brothers who look they almost look remarkably exactly alike. alike. Yeah, they're brothers yeah. who have an in- intense family resemblance, and that's yeah. why the homeless guy thought he knew him because he looks almost exactly like another homeless guy he knows. Yeah. Yeah, but you're right. They're not fully identical twins. They just look uncannily similar. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so weird. And you're you're absolutely right that there's elements like with the guy who was obsessed with breaking limbs because of the construction sites and the drugs. You're absolutely right that it kind of yeah. feels like they're nodding to that. But at its core, this is a remake of The Inspiration of the Inspired because it's right. about a guy who gets so... Um, who goes so insane that he starts killing these, uh, kills a woman. And then he confesses to his brother just before he dies of an overdose. And the brother whose life is a complete mess, whose wife is divorcing him. Who's not allowed to see his kids and has his own issues with their mother. Just like that guy, the original guy did his brother did ends up picking up his brother, brother's mantle and continuing his brother's crimes. And that's why there's a change in MO between the first two killings. Yeah. And the and the idea, of course, being that 
his brother will get blamed for it. Yeah, and he's like, I got rid of my brother's body. I burned my brother's body to ash. So no one's ever going to find him. And so now that they're on to the murders, I'll just say my brother did it. It's, it's like... It's yeah. a huge improvement over the inspiration and the inspired. Oh my, yes, yes, yes. And that, you know. The most it, disgusting episodes the show, oh the original show has ever done. Right? It's a huge, huge improvement. Yeah. Um, not a great episode. Uh, from there, beginning to end. From beginning there, are, to end. there are lots of problems with it, but. Oh yeah. But um, at least, at least they took the original and they did, they did something to improve it. Because I've been very open about finding that to be the most loathsome episode of Criminal Minds, maybe ever. Again, limelight. Uh, but it's, it's you know, top two. Well, there's two of them, so top three. Most loathsome episodes of Criminal Minds ever. So it was it was good to see someone taking this guys getting mixed up for one another thing and doing something interesting with it that didn't feel yeah. like it was wallowing in misery and well getting off on the killer's actions that's right because here you feel so sorry for both these men i know when you hear their their the story and there's no reason not to think that when the brother goes in to tell the story yeah right that he's not telling the true story of what happened oh god yeah those children the mother who left them and the father who decided he was uh, like couldn't live anymore and he decided to kill the whole family yeah he was trying to kill himself and the children and the children survived damn yeah it's no wonder they ended up complete messes yeah yeah you you end up feeling for them in a way that's completely impossible in the original episode oh yeah who cares about yeah who cares about that guy or his brother and his family and, and his, his mother. awful mother yeah oh god yeah that oh i'm sorry i'm just i'm flashing back to what an just ugh, loathsome ep- like i i now have that episode in my head and it's just such a loathsome two hours of television yeah yeah the absolute again you thought they're never gonna get bleaker than uh uh than the tim curry episodes yeah. And they're like, no, you, you, we, we can, we can, we can get there. We, we can, can get stuff that that's harder to watch. And yep. of course that lacked, you know, the brilliant performance of the Tim Curry and any humanity whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, say what you will about their, the original Night Stalker episodes or the, uh, there, there's humanity in the Tim Curry episodes. There really oh, is. Yeah. He, I mean, he manages to pull it off and he's still, he's, he's a loathsome person. He's a loathsome monster, but like he gets you there. He gets you to understanding this man. Yes. You, you know, I mean, yeah, the plot of the episode is complete gibberish and none of the, none of it ever could have happened, but emotionally Tim, it works. Yeah. Tim Curry is well, such a as good performer. So often Tim Curry saves. Yeah. And I do think. Okay, that that this this lead our criminal here. Yeah, does a great job. Does a great job of being the two men. Oh yeah, you know it's um, fantastic because the same actor plays both plays of both. them. Yeah, I would yeah. as- yes, I assume that it looked they like it. Do. Again, they unless they look- found unless they found two actors who looked uncannily similar, it's the same guy playing both parts. Yeah, they're and, uh, uh, yeah, and he does a gr- he does yeah. an incredible. I mean, if it's one guy. He did an incredible job. If it's two guys, great work by the casting people. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Either way, 
great job. <laughs> Either way, fantastic job because again, um yeah. but even the actor, even if like the guy who plays the businessman brother, even if it's just him. So let's say mm-hmm. he I mean, let's we're assuming he played the hobo brother as well. Let's say just like even the the layers we get out of the businessman killer because we yes. see him talking to them. We see him uh you know, we see him freaking out on his own and but more key we see him when he's actually killing people and it's like it's like he's a different person yeah and you also see him at his job when he's working well oh yeah he's obviously doing his job well yeah like that's the crazy part like we see every facet of this man and understand that like no he's not a monster all the time right that he is a fully rounded person and in a way that, you know, the guys in the inspiration, the inspired absolutely weren't. And if it hadn't been for the fact his mother effed him over one more time oh, by leaving him the property. And if it hadn't been for that, he never would have gone looking nope. for his brother. And I he know. never would have started on the murder spree. That horror, like, that's the ironic twist that made this such a rough one to watch. <laughs> oh. Is finding out that when his mother died... uh she left him the the property she owned. The and two like brothers, always, yeah. The brothers. But they both, he like had to find and get his brother to accept it. it as well. Like if both brothers, I mean, I'm sure if his brother was dead, it would have been fine. But as far as he knows, he would have to have his brother declared dead. So he has to go looking for his brother. And you're right. It's only when he find like, he never would have gone looking for his brother again like that if it hadn't been for the mother leaving in the property. And that, that O. Henry twist that the property yeah. they'd always wanted is what turned him into a killer. Yep. Oh, it's, yeah. it's a brutal that, ending. Yeah. It's a brutal ending and they did it well. Yeah, they did. Like it's, there's it's a no good question that this episode actually was quite good. Yeah. We, as they say, they can even still if you do. couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. This one, this one was good. And if you, Finally, you know, you're trying to figure out when you're watching it what they're trying to do. It was sort of like, this one works. The Sudworth place, what I said, Sudworth yeah. place profile or profile one didn't. No. But this one, by cadging and making it, well, you and me get try to guess. Yeah. But by cadging from different things, yeah. they managed to put together elements. a whole. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, um, it was quite, quite. Uh, and the ending, whatever flaws there are throughout, the, I, I don't even know how many flaws because you've even got the guy who stole the backpack. Yep. He didn't know the guy was dead. No. Yeah. Because they run into one of the homeless guys has stolen the backpack of the dead brother. And if he didn't know that this guy he knew, this homeless guy knew was dead, he just found the backpack and he's like, great. And of course, it's that that leads them to figuring out what happened to the two brothers. Okay, that might have been actually... That's a good development in the plot. Like, that was very well written. Yeah, except that I'm thinking, well, did he take the bracelet from the very first victim? I thought so, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because you got to remember, the the woman who runs away because of her son, that was the homeless brother. Yeah. That that happened with. That's right. And that's why he still had the, that that's, he's the one who had the plum bob. He's the one who worked on, um, like who, yes. who kept the, he's the one who worked in house and he's the one who left the plum bob signs everywhere. Yes. Yeah. And so I know the timeline gets a little confused and I, I totally understand your confusion there because it is a little confusing the timeline of yeah. when and the first woman was back. attacked 
versus when he died. Because, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's weird because we the first murder we see is the businessman brother, right? Killing this woman. But then we flash back to the, the one who got away. And that is like months earlier. And that's not exactly as clear. And it's the brother that time. And it's the homeless brother that time. Yeah, that that's the one that... Right that, down that to it, the hat. It's 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 that. And then because there had been one before that was so disorganized. And this one exactly. also was disorganized. Exactly. Yeah, this, this, so there were two disorganized ones. And then the ones he had planned. Ex- the, the ones that and the then other the brother ones planned. The other brother did and planned them. Yeah, exactly. I know it is. It is a little confusing to watch. Well, yeah, no, you have to you have to think it through afterwards. But both of them, of course, and of course, they make it so that the second, the older brother, because that's yeah. that's the one who did the three murders yes. and used the drugs. The older brother, because I also thought, well, are they are, are here? Here's another one. I thought so. Are they? doing you remember the guy that used to go to the hotel room which one and get women in in criminal minds but which hotel into hotel rooms like it that's how it opens and then he kills her in the hotel room i'm trying to remember this episode oh it's the one based on the guy who did the whole run you saw you you understand how that phrase isn't very helpful right? okay christopher is it christopher uh no are you talking about the guy who drowns women in the hotel bathtubs yeah oh yeah of course yeah yeah, yeah. christopher wilder murders yes yeah thank you okay yeah, no, we, definitely, we got there no no we got like, there yeah i, I just that, I, when I, I first saw that that's that was yeah the, first the guy killing the woman in the hotel room and then he takes a bath i could see where you see that uh that as an inspiration well except well. there was no yeah because there was the bath in there and they and i thought well maybe that's the one they're doing and they're changing it he's just killing them as opposed to drowning them you know yeah. Uh, no, and I mean, I no? could see, I see why you got that connection. I don't know if they were thinking of that, but I no. see how you got there. Yeah, I got one, two. We've got four episodes that I'm going. <laughs> there are notes from, yeah. Until you get near the end when you realize they're almost identical twins. Yeah, and are. then you say, okay, I guess that was the main inspiration for this episode. <laughs> very cute. <laughs> oh, very very clever sometimes. what you did there. Oh, ah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, seriously anyway. though, like it's i mean it's it's a relief this episode was yes. a relief yes. after the last few episodes because it's it is good like it is good the performances are there the detective work is there again it really feels like an and again i think this is because they have that extra 15 minutes per episode and this one went over two episodes so they had like I would say 60, 80 minutes to do this whole episode. Like you really, again, feel like they're investigating people. You know, you feel like they're yeah. putting in the work in a way that the characters on Criminal Minds never feel never like they're do. pulling in the work, putting in the yeah. work. Yeah. And, and, <clears throat> and their relationship. And like, you can't sort of, you can blame an attitude thing. Yeah. But, but what you don't get in this is this, Dif- differentiation between the local police they yeah. have their jobs and they call the o- local police in and when Hyung Jun goes off and he said and he wants the police de- guy the, the guy who's the police guy to go with him when you see them sitting that was the other thing I noticed though is that they do have the police sitting in the room when they're all sitting discussing and rather yeah. than 
And they're not always, they did, oh, that was even in that first episode. They had that, they had the stupid, they, this is why, that was what twigged me going, what is CBS screwing around with them or whoever <laughs> owns it? Because what happened was, is you had the literally them standing in front of doing, the crowd doing of cops, the doing the profile. The yeah, and that's one of the few times where you've seen they've ever done it, it in this that show. way. Yeah, and, and that is like the original. Yeah, and I mean, and you that's, know, and that is how close. It. By the way, well, no, they have done it like once or twice, but it's never yeah, been. Yeah, but never with not the same thing. Oh no, no, they've done it once with local cops in the show. They did it once. I mean, I'd have to check which episode it was, but I did notice they did it once with local cops. Um, the, the scene where they're giving a speech to local cops, but it's not oh. a trope on this show the way it is on the original, where in every episode, okay, here's the scene where they line up all the local cops and tell them things. And then the local cops don't help solve the case and are never seen again. You Whereas know? here, the local cops do are help. involved in the well, case. For the and like, time. I really like that. They split up that profiling, that yeah. profiling trope. Because they had, they, they actually had this, I guess, a new cop. And so he said, well, how, and he does ask that kind of real question. Well, how does, is profiling going to help? Yeah, and I know. then, you know, I am just, well, yeah, you know, it just takes a little bit longer. And, you know, and Kang, you know, I know it seems like it takes longer, but it helps us. Yeah. It oh. helps us eliminate more than like saying what we say, that you can eliminate certain people. And, and stuff you can like narrow that. down your suspect pool. Yeah, and that's, a, that's yeah. what it's good And it's for, like, and by right? the way, that's that's true. We've talked about that many times before. We've lauded the show Unsub for depicting the way that it's like, everyone wants profiling to be, um, to be Mindhunter. Everyone wants profiling to be the, you know, Millennium. Bill Graham. Millennium having these insights. Most of what profiling is, is an acute study of demographics. And it's like, that's what was so fun about, um, uh, about the show unsub is because there were essentially true, really just two profilers on the show. One was the guy who gets in the, uh, the head of killer, the killers. And one was a woman who sits at a computer and knows the demographics better than anyone else. <laughs> yeah. And that's true. That's what profiling is. It's 50% making up stories about psychology, 50% having a really good grasp of demographics and likelihoods. And as we, and we will discuss it when we do wise guy style section <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> one more time. Yeah. We'll talk about that beautiful, the like, again, the greatest profiling scene in the history of television. Yeah, it really is. It's an incredible scene. And it tells you exactly how it works. Well, yeah, you guys talk about profiling. Well, anyway, yeah. but this, I mean, I'm just talking about um, some of the things that make it better yeah. rather than having than the it original. so, um, so completely, uh, uh, you know, it's like they have to, as you say, it messes up their ability to write. We have talked about this in different episodes of Criminal Minds. Yeah. If you had the time that they spend doing their walkthrough of the profile and stuff yeah. and doing other things with it and just fiddling, like 
criminal, this criminal minds manages to somehow or another, you get the profile. They also sometimes know that they haven't got it quite right yet. And there's something missing mm -hmm. and you know, what are we going to do? But it's all scattered throughout the show. Yep. And you could have saved a lot of time. Well, you could have saved two or three minutes to do something else. Oh yeah. In, in our criminal minds, America. Um, yeah, they could have taken those two minutes that they use for these pointless profiling scenes yeah. and give us a deeper look into the villains and give us a more better examination of the characters and do some of the interesting stuff this show does. Yeah, but no, like this... they've got their tropes and they do their tropes. And they do their tropes and it has to be. And I, I suspect it has something to do with the difference between um, Korean, the structures of the Korean television yeah. industry and the structures you know well, of the american is, what does an audience expect to see and there is a there's a degree yeah. to which in episodic american television an audience expects to see the same thing every week yeah whereas here they expect that that their hero is never going to have been sexually abused <laughs> as a child <laughs> Oh God! I mean, we shouldn't be yeah. laughing, but it's true. It's true. But like, no, it's it's key yeah. to the it's key to the kind of world that created the show. Yeah, it's very in, it's very interesting when I think about these cultural differences. Yeah, that I think I said before that it highlights that we're right to try and look for what Criminal Minds that fifteen seasons is trying to tell us about. The, the worldview and yeah, the world as understood itself, by criminal minds. Yeah. yeah, itself and what, what its audience. Yeah, what its audience believes is true about America. Yeah, and, and yeah, and that factors in. And it's that's highlighted by watching this, where there are times we've already said that, well, okay, there might be something we're missing here because, <laughs> partly because we don't, understand the language yeah oh, and well. then because we don't understand the cultural structures hey do you want to know what i really don't understand what how they sell coffee in aluminum cans there's a scene <laughs> a couple of episodes ago and we didn't talk about it at the time but now's a perfect opportunity where you know reed and jj go down to order coffee for the team and they're like six americanos and then the guy like hands them a bag and we see the guy making the coffee so he's not came from under a counter but then like it puts it in a machine and it like has it's like a cardboard cup a cardboard cylinder with hot coffee inside and aluminum lids on the top and bottom and he just puts <laughs> it in a plastic bag and hands him these canisters of coffee and i'm like what is happening <laughs> it's like i am looking at star trek coffee that is yeah. that is like <laughs> Is that what they do in South Korea? <laughs> well, as I said, when when I asked, I mean, my my South Korean it do doesn't do online. So, oh, okay. Um, I can't ask him. Oh, damn um, it. But when I asked about um, when I asked about the um, car cameras, yeah. right? The cameras that everybody has on their cars. He was like, "Yeah, everybody's." Oh yeah, cars. yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, "Oh yeah, of course." Well, if you get a chance to ask about the coffee. I need to know what's going on with these cylinders of coffee. Yeah, well, it is it is strange, eh? And you'll notice they do not drink as much. No, they don't. They don't. They don't. Like, again, it was like a meaningful scene when they all sit down and drink. Like, you don't get the feeling these characters are drinking all the time. 
they they don't go out to drink. No, nope. you know they go out. You know they go the, out. They the, play pool. They have a nice. Di- they have dinner together, but like they don't just go to a bar and have drinks because yeah. there's an expectation in America that you're only allowed to get vulnerable with people and have a real when conversation with them if you're drunk, and that's just not true in the show we're shown. These people are able to talk about their feelings and what's going on without getting drunk first, but in America. Not just in fiction either. There's a social expectation that that thing, that kind of stuff, is only cool to do after you've had a few. Yeah. No. Oh, and did you notice the product placement in this? Which ones in this episode? Hyundai. Which yeah, one? The, the 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 when they were showing off that the Hyundai, whatever car they were driving, has like some kind of futuristic uh, GPS system where like uh, a clear a clear uh, screen comes up on your dashboard to give you the directions of when to turn and how fast you're going when you're driving. They like, <laughs> for no reason, showed off this really nice futuristic feature this car had. And I'm like, was this partially paid for by Hyundai? I would think so. Because if it, every now and then we get the end credits. Yeah. Oh, And, these, and what uh... you will see around the end credits are all of the people that like, I would assume, Product placement, product placement, like providing yeah. financial consideration. I think they all use the Samsungs, for example. Oh no, I've noticed they all use Samsung. Yeah, phones. they all have. They look just like my phone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, just like you my know? old phone. I have a Motorola now, but I used to have a Samsung, and it was the exact kind of phone they're using in the show because it, oh, yeah. like it was like a 2016, the same phones they basically were using here. Uh, it was kind of funny to me, like just watch this one scene for it to like suddenly become an ad. For a fancy thing that a Hyundai can do. Yeah, well, and well, I mean, but it's just like, for example, the X Files, they all drove Fords. Oh, yeah. Oh, right? Yeah, but... And and other shows, they drive Chevys. Oh, no. But there's a difference between yeah. driving and what they, they literally do now on shows. And if you watch shows, especially from the mid 2010s, there was yeah. this weird fixation that, thank God, a lot of the T uh, like the, the TV companies managed to push back on where they literally like the requirement was that you can't just have the car in the show. You have to care to have characters talk about the specific model of car it oh. is. And you have to have the mention features that that car has. So you have to literally turn your, you know, turn your show into suddenly I'm watching Jack Benny and Don Wilson is talking about how great Lucky Strike cigarettes are. Yeah. <laughs> Except it's an episode of Community or New Girl. And yeah. <laughs> it's like it was it was like you were watching advertising from the 40s. That is how blatant the advertising was. And honestly, that's what him using the guide on the thing. I mean, it's not as obvious as it was on American television where they just full on say the name of the car and why the car is so good. But it did feel like that level of obtrusive advertising, that one scene where for no reason well, he turns on his fancy GPS. Yeah, well, it's it's pretty, pretty funny. Who knows why he turned it on? Yeah. He doesn't say, but everybody knows they're driving Hyundai's. I've noticed that already. Oh, I'm going... Yeah. You know, they, they all, I mean, and even, even the villains drive Hyundai's. Oh no, everybody does. Get it. Everybody drives a Hyundai of different types, right? Yeah, no, no. Um, and by the way, no. this is how different it used to be. I'm just going to tell the most entertaining story from the entire run of the show, Miami Vice. So he had a, um, <laughs> he famously had a Ferrari, right? He always drove a Ferrari. 
Yep. And they couldn't afford a Ferrari for the first season. So they had a Corvette and they bought a kit body where you like put in most of the engine and a fiberglass body of a Ferrari on top of a Corvette frame. And that's something you could just buy and do. And that's what they could afford. And apparently what happened was the actual Enzo Ferrari called to complain (laughs) that they had this fake Ferrari on the show that they were calling a Ferrari. And they're like, well, if you want us to use a rear Ferrari on the show, just send us some cars. <laughs> and he did. And he did. And that's why Sonny's car gets blown up at the start of the second season and he gets a new Ferrari. Because yep. they, had, they had access to real Ferraris starting a in real the second one. season. But <laughs> oh, so, yeah, like this kind of product placement, it happens all the time. I just thought it was unusually noticeable because it's like I normally in television shows don't see them showing off the features of a car. And it's not like it was plot relevant that he suddenly had to turn on a GPS to tell him where to turn. It's completely came out of nowhere and it seemed out of left field. And that's why it felt to me like more obvious product placement than when he had ever had on the show before. Even though you're right, everybody always drives Hyundai and use, uh, uses Samsung phones. Yep. No, you're yep, totally yep, right yep. about that aspect. Uh, so yeah, like it's... As we're getting to the last few episodes, because it wouldn't surprise me if, because we've all we've got left is 18, 19, and 20. And we've been, I think, I have been, and I'm not going to speak for you, but I will ask you, I have been operating under the assumption that episodes 19 and 20 were going to be wrapping up the Reaper storyline. That That's my assumption. Your assumption as well. Okay, good. I'm oh, glad yeah, we're on the same for page. sure. All right, so, so if that is the case, and 18 is different, then we're going to have to do just a 18 longer a short episode ep- or oh or, no you're right yeah we'll do a longer i'm like do we do a short one with just 18 or we do a longer one with 18 and the reaper stuff and yeah i guess next week our episode is going to be very much a bonus length episode so yeah well you know what's <laughs> yeah well you know what's interesting is that because 17 ended at the end of 17 yeah like this this one we're talking about did and so many episodes bleed into the next episode yeah there's always a bleed in and we didn't get a bleed in this time no you're absolutely so right. then the three they may use three all three to wrap up the reaper yeah yeah it's it's one of the more interesting things about the show is the first episode two-parter the second episode they rushed through the train story and then did and then it started then they did two full episodes about the reaper and it bled into the next episode and since then this whole idea of they never wrap up a plot line at the end of the episode they always they always start the next episode like start the i keep saying episode over and over again sorry to make this clear they never wrap up a story at the end of an episode they always start the next story before the credits run to again keep you watching and keep you excited And so for the fact, and I think it's only happened like once since the first two episodes where they like neatly ended things at the end of the episode. And this would be the second time that happened. And hopefully this is meaningful and it means the next three episodes are just going to be a race to the end of the Reaper storyline. But if it's not, if it's two different stories, one and then the Reaper storyline, we will cover it that way. But uh, expect to have to hear a lot from us next week. (laughs) Either way. Yeah. All right. So, um, so that's that. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling related fiction you'd like us to check out, please drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. 
we would love to hear from you. Uh, we are going to be back on Wednesday with more style section, the Wise Guy podcast. We're going to keep plugging this indefinitely because Wise Guy's the best show. And I just got uh, good news. Not only uh, does our uh, does the our good friends at Canal Fan the uh, the YouTube channel, right? Not only do they have all of the the Dead Dog episodes, but you're going to be able to watch an uncensored version of the final episode of the first Wise Guys story arc, which was famously changed because they couldn't afford to use the music in syndication. Well, we oh, now have kidding. we now have a VHS version that is with watchable on white. YouTube with Knights in White Satin, which is it's a weird song that you're like, huh? and now you, the person who's never watched Wise Guy, listening to that might be thinking, why is it poor, important that Knights in White Satin be in the episode? And I will say. When you watch the episode, you'll understand. Yes. Watch your the one on the DVD, you and know, which we, we both own. Thing, which we both own with the terrible music. Yeah. Watch the, well, no, not the DVD. And, Just and watch the one on that's on Prime. Prime. Yeah. Watch the on one on Prime. Prime yeah. And listen to the terrible, and we'll point out the scene that yeah. it happens in, because we're not going to spoil it now. But there's a scene where they play the most generic, awful music in the world. And you're like, what is happening here? And then you go back and you realize, oh, this is where they took out Knights in White Satin. And you're yeah. like, it's important that it be Knights in White Satin. And that yeah, sounds I mean, strange they, to say, but it is actually important that it be Knights in White Satin. For yeah, they made, they made really good choices as far as the music is oh, concerned. They just didn't take the rights because you can watch other shows from that. Era and they didn't take have, the, yeah, yeah in purpose, they didn't. They didn't the get in perpetuity rights because it was yeah. slightly cheaper to not buy the in perpetuity rights. And they they might have yeah, and, no, I'll tell you, and I can tell you why. Finances. No, well, no, but the real reason is they didn't think Wise Guy was going to be a syndicated show. Yeah, there's the only reason to buy the in perpetuity rights is if you think it's going to hit syndication. And they never thought like Wise Guy is so weird conceptually. I don't think they ever thought it was going to get syndicated. It sure as hell didn't hit a hundred episodes. So they no, thought, well, we'll save a couple of bucks in the budget since it's not going to get syndicated, and we just won't buy the in perpetuity rights. And who they didn't know about streaming, they didn't know about DVDs. You know, well, like who this is pre-internet, guys. Pre the internet. <laughs> no one had any idea that people were still going to be watching TV shows from the eighties. 40 years later. I mean, Wise Guy's only 30 years later, but still. All right. Yeah. Uh, so once again, check out this Wednesday, tomorrow, why, uh, Style Section, the Wise Guy podcast. I really don't think you'll regret it because that's how good that show is. Uh, we'll see you back here next week if you're listening to this on some sort of a podcatcher or podcast app. Be sure to rate and review it because that's how people find the show. Uh, <laughs> uh Get ready, get psyched up and watch that finale. But until then, au revoir. And have a good week. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.